if you have your Bibles with you, if you turn to First Kings chapter 19 and verse 11. Now, that's a rough night. It's a rough night for driving. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that verse. It's in Matthew, the words of the Savior. Wherefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Amen. I know, praise God, you know, in the midst of all the, the rain and the wind and, and the floods, praise God that we're in Christ Amen. and we're standing that solid foundation Amen. of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. First um, Kings chapter 19 and verse 11. I'm just going to read the one verse. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And we trust the Lord to bless this portion of his precious truth. Well, have we were a prayer. Dear Lord, as we abide before thee in this revival prayer meeting, Lord, we cry, Lord, for thee, Lord, to God for a mighty and heaven-sent revival. God, upon this needy land. God, we're long, Lord, for thee, Lord, to pour out thy spirit. And God, to revive, to revive us, Lord. God, to revive our land, Lord. Lord, we're tired of the deadness and their carnality. And God, we're looking for thee, Lord, to move and to move supernaturally. So, Lord, undertake for this meeting tonight, Lord. We pray, Lord, for real deep consciousness of thy presence. We pray for that fresh anointing right from the throne of God. And God, we just pray, Lord, God, have your way. Have your way in each one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And this verse, we'll just look at this verse briefly, and then we'll come back to it. If we want to look at a number of other verses. <clears throat> but we see here in this verse, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount, before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains. I was thinking about this been the last prayer meeting, or one of the last prayer meetings in 2019. And I was thinking about, you know, the problems that many of us has, has had to face during 2019. And they've become, as it were, mountains in our lives. But you know, we see here, you know, 
that there was a, there was a, there was a strong wind, and I'd 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 rent the the, the mountain. The mountain was demolished. It was no more there. And tonight, we're going to take a look at the wind of God. And we're going to look at the wind of God in a number of places in Scripture. And first of all, we'll go to Genesis um, chapter 8. And verse 1. And it says here in Genesis 8 and, and, and verse 1. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth. We see here that God made a wind. And the whole earth, the whole world was reclaimed by the wind. You know, whenever you get wind and heat, it's wonderful the way it observes the, the, the water. At we, we have wee baby calves. And this time of the year, um, we put wee, wee coats on them just after they're born. Sort of because it's so cold and they're just born, and they've been nice and warm inside their mother's wound. And then whenever they were born, the wee calves would be cold and they would shiver. But we would put wee coats on them. And we'd only keep the coats on maybe for about a week or ten days. And then we'd take the coats off. And then we'd power wash them, get them nice and clean again. And then we'd hang them in the clothesline. But, you know, we'd only hang them in the clothesline Whenever it's a good, dry, blowy day. And then in a couple of hours, you come back and the coats, they're nice and dry. You know, you can use them again. <laughs> so, they, um, but you know, we see here about the wind of God. We see here God's power. If we turn over till Exodus <clears throat> chapter 10 and verse 13. This was the uh, one of the plagues that came upon the Egyptians. And we see here in chapter Exodus chapter 10 and verse um, 13. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt. And the Lord brought an east wind upon the land. 
all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. And you know how the locusts that covered the land of Egypt. And then we see in verse 16, Pharaoh started to get desperate. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste. And he said, I have sinned against the, the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore forgive, I pray, pray thee, my sin, only this once, and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. And then we'll read that you know the Lord in verse 19. The Lord sent a strong west wind and took the locusts all away. We we'll see here, you know, God is in control of everything. We'll turn over to Exodus chapter 14. And we see here that the children of Israel, they're in a corner. They have the sea in front of them and the mountains and Pharaoh's army. So they're in a corner. And we see here in verse 21 in Exodus chapter 14, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go, go, back, go back by a strong east wind all that night. Amid the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them to the midst of the sea, even all of Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drove them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, and upon the, their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea 
the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. We see here that there was a, there was a mighty deliverance for the children of Israel. And you know, I believe in the election that took place last Thursday. I believe, I believe this is going to be a mighty deliverance for us out of the European Union. I don't believe personally that we'll see revival until we're out of Europe. And I believe that that God wants to send a mighty revival upon this land. And I believe that the wind of God blew last Thursday. And I believe this, this, this is the beginning of, of, of seeing of seeing a change. You know, God, God's in control. I was reading um, in 1915 in the uh, First World War and this took place on the 22nd of April about 4 o'clock in the afternoon and this was the Germans and the experts told the Germans, German generals it was a perfect time to let loose this deadly poisonous gas on the alleys <coughs> forces. They said the wind would blow in their direction for at least the next 36 hours. And they let loose the gas and there were some of the Allied soldiers died. But suddenly, the wind changed. And the wind changed right round till the Germans. And the Germans, for, the forces, they died by the thousand. That, that, was, that was the Lord's work. You know, this, the, the wind speaks of God's power and speaks of change. And you know, we're going to look now at um, um, first, uh, first Kings 18. And verse 45. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind 
And there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. In this passage, earlier in this passage, we read about Elijah, and he was praying. You know the way that he sent the servant back? And then the seventh time there was a cloud and it was the size of a man's hand. You know, I had been dry for three and a half years. There was no rain. But you know, we see here in this verse that and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind. There was the wind. And you know, the wind speaks here of change. And you know, I believe we're going to see a change. I believe we're going to see the cloud of the size of a man's hand. And we're going to see the abundance of rain. We're going to see a change. We're going to see the wind of God moving once more. We'll turn to Ezekiel in a few moments. But you know, we'll read in Ezekiel. It was not the fire in the valley that day. It was not the oil and it was not the water, and it was not the dove that brought restoration and resurrection in the valley of the dry bones. But it was the wind of God, the wind of heaven, the power of God and the breath of God. You know, there's sometimes we need the fire. There's sometimes we need the oil. There's sometimes we need the water, and there's sometimes we need the dove. But when we need change, when we, when we need resurrection, when we need the power of God to come into our lives and to quickness and to raise up something in our lives that was dead or dying, we need the wind of God to blow. And that same power, that same anointing, that same wind that blew through that valley of dry bones, do I believe it's blown through this house tonight? Do you know, I, I believe as I lift my right hand and, and, and tell God, let the wind blow. The wind it blows and everything changes. That passage that we read about Elijah, he was, he was heading out in a cave fearful, fearful of Jezebel. Fearful of this woman that would take his life. But you know, we read in that passage that the Lord passed by this cave 
And when he did, there was an, an, a wind. There was an earthquake. And there was a fire. The Lord caused it all. But I want to, to focus for a minute on the wind that blew that day. It was not a soft, gentle breeze and a warm summer night. But we read here, this wind had ripped the mountains apart. It broke every boulder in pieces. In other words, after this wind passed by the mountains, The mountains were gone. There was no evidence left that they ever existed. I say to you right now, the wind of God is getting ready to blow. And you know, I believe it's going to flow in a mighty and a supernatural way. When Elijah was hiding out in that cave, fearful of Jezebel, and would take his life, they, um, the wind had ripped the, mar- the, the mountains apart and broke the boulders in pieces. In other words, after this mountain was, these mountains were gone. They were demolished. They were demolished. We all thank God for the soft, gentle breezes of his love for us. But sometimes we need more than just the gentle breeze. Sometimes we need a mountain destroyed, a rock-smashing wind to blow through our lives. You know, <clears throat> some way mountain problems come. I first had experience. <laughs> the, um, <clears throat> I know sometimes they look impossible. They look unmovable. And some way you feel they can't be moved. I know some, some people you know, are facing mountains and finances. Some are facing mountains and health issues. Some people are facing mountains of rebellious children. There are all kinds of mountains and they may be difficult but one thing they have in common is that they look impossible and they refuse to move. But I believe the wind of God is getting ready to blow. And to blow these mountains, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't matter how, how ugly or how mean, 
or how long that mountain has been standing in your way, stealing your, your health, your money, your peace, your joy. When the wind of God blows, it's, it's going to move. It's going to go. We're here tonight and we're believing. We're believing in the God of the supernatural. We're believing that there's nothing impossible with God. You know, when the wind blows, you feel the effects. You can see where it has been. You know, the natural wind sometimes can cause great damage and destruction and even loss of lives. But the wind of God blows with healing and deliverance, with mercy and grace and forgiveness. It blows with miracles. It blows to destroy all the works of the devil. I feel in my spirit that there are some people in this house and you've made up your minds. I'm not going to miss it. Without the wind of God, we're powerless. Without the wind, we're dead in the water. Without the wind, we're just an empty shell. We may look good. We may have a lot of activity. We may make a lot of noise, but we're dead. But when the wind blows, everything changes. The Bible says, when the wind of God passed by, it rent the mountain in pieces. The word rent comes from a Hebrew word and it means to break off, to tear in pieces. When the wind of God blew on Elijah that day, I drank the, the mountains. Um, if we turn over to Ezekiel 37. It says here in verse 1, And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. And it caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were, they were very dry. Do you know, I feel that we've been in the year, and you know, I believe, or as it were, we're nearly like this folly of dry bones. 
I believe that Europe, you know, history in Britain of all, basically all of its resources. But you know, we see here in Ezekiel, it's presented here with a brokenness, hopelessness, despair. And you know, we see, as it were, how the devil he seeks to destroy. In this folly, we see every phase of broken humanity, broken marriages, broken dreams, broken health, sickness, disease of every kind, cancers there, sugar, diabetes, asthma, kidney trouble, liver problems, heart trouble, fear and depression, anxiety, worry, stress. It's all in that valley. And we see here, and it was very dry. You know, there was a sense of so much dark and hopelessness. And then we see here the prophet. God asks this mighty prophet, can these bones live? And you know, Ezekiel it was interesting. Ezekiel, he, he cannot find enough faith to say yes. He just says here, Lord, thou knowest. This was not great faith on the prophet's part, but it was great obedience. And you know, that should encourage us. You know, we don't need to have a, a faith that can move mountains. But you know, we just need that obedient faith. You know, it's not great faith. But you know, it's just, it's just have to have that faith to obey God. You know, they, um, you know, you may have some mountain problems that look impossible and unmovable. But you know, God's in control. God says to the prophet, Prophesy onto these bones. And you know, we all know what's hap what happened. And you know, that they, it says in Acts chapter 3 and verse 8, For this purpose was the Son of God made manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And you know, in that valley, we could see all the works of the enemy of death and disease and everything. But you know, we see here that it became a mountaintop victory of resurrection, of healing, 
of hope. I know we, we may be looking at a valley of dry bones right now, and it may look impossible, but I say to you right now that God's going to turn the valley of, of death into a mountain of life. He will turn your valley of sickness into a mountain of top health, your valley of debt to a mountain of top blessing, your valley of loss into a mountain of top fullness and overflowing. You know, sometimes there's a verse, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. I know many of us, we can experience many afflictions, even working with somebody that you feel is very hard to work with, and many other sorts of problems. But you know, we're believing in this, this, this prayer meeting tonight, that, you know, these mountain problems and these valley experiences, we're believing for, for God to work supernaturally. That will start 2020 with all these mountain problems gone and we'll, we'll start in a clean sheet and you know there's um, a wee bit of trouble preparing a message I was actually last week I was seeking the Lord for a message for tonight and I had uh, I started two or three messages you know sometimes you just get a word and yeah, yeah, sort of build on it, but you know, some way I wasn't getting anywhere, and then I had to start again, and I had to start again, and I had to start again. So I ended up with the wind of God. <laughs> <laughs> so they, um, and then I was, th you know, you're sort of thinking about your, you want to sort of feel led to something about the end of this year. And then I was thinking about the beginning of next year. And you know, it's, two, it's 2020. And, you know, I was thinking about 2020 vision. You know, where, there, where there's no vision, the people perish. But you know, we're thrust in 2020. Well, we'll have 2020 vision. And that will, uh, we'll have a vision for the lost that we never had before. And, you know, I believe that God has worked, done a mighty miracle in this, even this last number of days, and we're a step closer in getting out of the EU. And that the, uh, I've read quite a number of the comments that has been published. And the... Um, they, uh, one of them was, you know, about all the opposition. They can just, they can do nothing. They can just only sit there and just watch things happening now because they've no say. You know, the enemy has no say now. I know we trust and pray 
that Boris Johnson will get will be led of the Lord, though the man's not saved. But they uh, be led of the Lord that what's what should be the way forward and getting out of the EU and that the the Lord will lead all our leaders and the way forward in the coming days. And you know I think that there is one of the things that should be a matter of prayer in these days. And we're believing that, you know, the mountains will be removed and that we'll see a mighty move of God. I'm going to finish with this. This um, man, West Lindsay, and uh, he was a missionary out in Africa for quite a number of years. But um, he would have called at our house now and again. And uh, the, um, I remember him calling one time, and he was telling me this story. And he said about this missionary, and he had been out in the mission field for something like 30 years. And in them 30 years, he didn't see a single soul saved. Not one. And he was home in Farlow. And the, the mission was having, as it were, a quiet word with him. And said, you know, we don't feel, you know, you should go back. And he played with the mission. He says, I do want to go back. I want to go back and, and evangelize, uh, where he was, where he was missioning. And, uh, so he went back. And he, he walked right around this whole area where he had been ministering God's word for 30 years. It was a vast area of land, but he walked right around it. And as he walked right around it, he prayed. And he prayed, oh God, that this mountain would be removed, this mountain of sin upon this land. And that would be cast into the sea. And he got right round. And they, uh, when he finished praying, there was a mighty revival. And there was thousands upon thousands got wonderfully saved. And there was literally thousands of churches that were established in, in, that, in that particular country. And after 30 years of complete barrenness, there's hope. There's hope we're believing. We're believing. I was meant to bring, I read, was reading a book on revival this past week, and there was a part on it about Bernard Hinch, and it was actually meant to bring it. And uh, it was it was bringing out about uh, Bernard Hinch and the 1859 revival, and the way that uh, God broke out in Bernard Hinch. And the prayer meetings and how the work spread and it spread suddenly. You know, we're here tonight and we're believing that God's going to do a mighty work, that the tide has turned and we're going to see the supernatural in these coming days. In Jesus' name, Amen.